I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, AfterBuzzers, and welcome to the Park Skins After Show. Today, we're talking about episodes five and six, Buttermilk and The Wobble. It's like, oh, it's on my extra page of notes. Yes, and then also stay tuned at the very end because we have some really cool Barkskins press junket footage for you. And we also, toward the end of this program, we have our special segment where we re- look at the real historical information and how much the show, how accurate it is. Uh, but before we get into all that, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Carrie Lane. I'm joined by my awesome co-host. Hey, everyone. I am Rachel Goodman, and I'm really excited to be back uh, to talk about what we saw in these episodes and um, also to talk about some of the history at the end. Yes, um, I'm back. I'm glad to be back to talk about this show. So if you're joining us live, welcome. Join us in the chat. And if you're watching it later, comment down below your thoughts on this episode. Um, so Rachel, what did you think of these two episodes? So things are kind of picking up a bit. Yeah, they're definitely picking up. Um, I love that we're seeing more with Matilde. I also am drawn to what's going to happen, not just with Trepanier, but also uh, with Melisande and Delphine. Now that um, we know certain things about Delphine, um, it just kind of feels like everything is starting to kind of like it was it was wound up in the first four episodes. And now we're kind of starting to unwind and mm. the stakes are very high up there. Yeah, I think these episodes finally revealed a bit more of a lot of questions we have. We finally figure out what kind of what's going on with Cross. and But a few more questions are brought up, of course. And I, I agree. I like where it's going with Matilde. It's really interesting. Also, Melisande and Delphine. Like, and I, I'm liking how everything's really kind of coming together. Almost like the inn has kind of been this new central location where everybody's kind of converging, which has really been fun. Because then it is the, it makes sense. I mean, if like that's the main hub, main restaurant in town, that's where everybody's going to kind of go. So I'm curious on where that might lead us. Um, so speaking of Mathilde, uh, we get Mathilde and Renaudette at the beginning and she talks. She finally says her first words and she talks. Uh, she asks about being safe. Uh, were you surprised that she finally was able to start talking? No, I think that we needed that to happen at this point. And um, I was glad that they did start to bond. But obviously, Mm -hmm. Little Fox is not going to uh, divulge more of what's happened that we saw in the episode before. Um, But I do like that we got a little more, a bit more information and that we're starting to see just with her in general, with Little Fox, we're starting to see some of the um, trauma seep through in her personality. But I did like yeah. that conversation that she had with Matilde. And we learn that Gasquette is alive, which she just stabbed him. I'm a little bummed. But I guess I, I guess it's good that she wasn't able to murder him, but did some damage. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if she had murdered him, one, that might be something else that kind of weighed on her soul. But then mm. on top of that, she might have had deeper repercussions because it might have gotten back to her. And, you know, because she's just a child maybe True. she wouldn't have been able to fight her way out of it that's a good point uh speaking of people trying to find ways out of things um we have trepanier he finds marie what she buried and everything like that all the stuff taken away uh their relationship has gotten so wonderfully complicated that i'm i'm way whose side are you more on i think i'm more on marie's side because trepanier is he's quite the character but i'm like you're doing your girl wrong I'm on Marie's side, but I don't want her to be with Trepanier. I want her to leave mm-hmm. like she is intending to do. I, please, And yes. yeah, and like, you know, just to kind of touch on the book a little bit, the book, like, and this is kind of a spoiler, but we can, I don't know that they're going to do this in the show, so I'm just going to say it. Mm. Um, Renee and Marie have a thing, so I'm yeah, hoping no, that I, they- You've mentioned yeah, which yeah. I really hope they do. I hope they, they do might. that. yeah. Yeah, they might. I mean, we don't know yet. We are seeing, you know, more of Renee now. But um, yeah, I, I, I hope that Marie actually, you know, leaves him and finds her way on her own without him. Um, because I feel like Trepanier is better off with someone like 
uh, Melisande, mm-hmm. who looks like she can be conniving. And I think that that's what Trepanier deserves. Someone who's conniving, not someone who's actually kind. Agreed. Yeah, him and Melisande are a far better match. I, I don't necessarily know about like romantic match, but like personality types, I feel that goes together better. Yeah. I, I think he doesn't appreciate a kind partner. Uh, and like in a way, I, I kind of think he enjoys the uh, like headbutting he gets from Melisande a little bit. I think he enjoys that she gives a little bit of pushback. I think he likes the almost like you could call it sassy because um, she she's a little it's that fine line of you don't want to say if a woman's strong that she's it's a bad thing but I'm like no she's kind of a brat she's a bit mm-hmm. of a brat she's definitely a brat um she there I I, uh, I was watching this with hubby joe and he had some other choice words for her that I won't say um <laughs> uh, but I I really don't uh I don't like I, I don't like Melisandre, but I really love her relationship with Delphine. So I can't mm-hmm. say I can't say that I 100% dislike Melisandre, but overall, she's not one of my favorite characters. Fair, yeah. She's definitely, I, but I like that she's complicated and it's not some just like boring, shallow kind of character. Well, shallow in a different way, maybe. Um, So speaking of that, we get Melisande and Marie. Their breakfast standoff was kind of fun, though. Uh, And I'm glad that Marie's like, screw this. I'm leaving. This is not worth my time and energy. Uh, Also, how um, I did like that Marie and, oh, no, sorry, Melisande and Trepanier kind of get that ultimatum where Melisande tells him, all right, you... Marie, if you go to her cabin at night, like, I can't (laughs) control the consequences. And good on her, too, for saying that. Because, like, if you're the new, if you're the wife, I mean, unless you're okay with having, like, another lady there, which, like, that's an option, too. But if she's not, you need to lay out your ground rules. Yeah, and I appreciated that. And I appreciate the fact that Melisandre is so much younger than Trepanier, mm-hmm. and she is not allowing him to take advantage of her. Mm-mm. She's like, no, no, I am. I'm putting my foot down. Like she's really stepping up as an equal and not allowing yes. him to treat her like property or like a girl bride, as Marie referred to her. Um, mm-hmm. And I understand Marie is upset, so it doesn't bother me to hear Marie call her that. But oh yeah, um, yeah. But um, with uh, Melisandre. I do love that she's standing her ground and I was all, I was definitely on her side in that moment where she was saying, listen, Trepanier, if you go to her cabin, you will face peril. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But then it kind of is almost an interesting pivot because then when Trepanier shows Melisande his private special room and he whispers to my God, I think I did like their discussion on you, you pray to a log and he's like, well, what is it when you pray to the Virgin Matthew, uh, Virgin Mary? It is just a statue. It is just a log that's been carved and painted, which I was like, Hey, touche. That's a good argument. It's just, it represents something. Um, but I think this is her moment where she's like, Ooh, maybe he's a little cray cray. Yeah. And I, I understand that. Like, okay. So in 2020, someone might try to be more understanding of a person who has <laughs> yeah. different religious beliefs, yeah. but this is not 2020. This is a different time. Yep. And in Melisande's world, she's French. Uh, in France at this time, Catholicism was the religion. And so mm-hmm. to go to a place where there's a man and he's talking about um, a completely, you know, completely different way of life and is in her mind you know, because he's not like, praying to the same God, because he's doing all these like weird rituals. No, she's gonna, she's gonna see this as being very, uh, like demonic. So I understand. Mm. I think she handled it very well for someone mm-hmm. of her time period. Yeah, I think she's smart that she's not going to freak out at him, just be like, oh, but later, um, I don't know if it's in this episode or the next, um, but I, I do like that she kind of says, this is your space. Fine. Do whatever you want. But the rest of the house is mine. Yes. And he says, yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. like, all right, well then that, that seems like a better arrangement. Um, speaking of interesting arrangements, we got Cook and Duque 
at the stocks essentially and we get Mathilde, our girl and come comes to confront cook about the young girl which i did i do like because i mean Mathilde can't just keep her a secret for so long she needs to say hey are you gonna kill her yeah absolutely using the buttermilk too yeah <laughs> like yeah, throw it in his face it was hilarious and like the thing is we know that cook's a dangerous man in the sense that he will never tell someone to their face what he plans mm-hmm. on doing he's not trustworthy he will mm-hmm. act like your friend and like he might he sometimes does things that actually make you want to like the guy so it's kind of hard when you know that he's behind certain evils mm. um but then he'll say you know take care of for example take care of lafarge's wife and you know make sure that she's provided for financially because he knows that he's the cause of the husband's death and the son um but yeah but seeing seeing him like I feel I was a little worried for Matilda in that moment because um, what I'm assuming, not to get into too many predictions, but I, I just don't trust Cook's word. And mm-hmm. I feel like him knowing about the, that the girl is with her might lead to some very serious problems. I think that is a very good prediction of like, probably. Uh, and then speaking of problems, we get Pierre takes Delphine back and says that they're an unworthy match. Uh, I, I do like that apparently that's okay enough of, you know, they can break it up because I guess, you know, they didn't consummate it. So it's fine. And she's okay with it. And I will admit I was super a bit disappointed of like what the big deal was, but I'm glad we finally know of she was scarred. And now I'm assuming, and what, what do you think it was more? Do you think it was, a specific branding scarring or was it more like you know like all kinds of crazy cut up i what well, the sense i got is that the man was pissed off that he didn't actually get to take what he wanted and mm-hmm. he branded her with his initials that okay. is the sense yeah. i got and that it might not like i'm assuming that she was kicking you know still trying to get away from him so it probably you know wasn't very messy like a, yeah i'm guessing it sounded very messy um, I, I'm not, you know, just the idea of when she was describing it. Um, I thought it was interesting. And I know you and I were talking about this before the show. It's interesting that they did not show, um, we didn't get to see what mm-hmm. it was on her stomach, um, which, you know, in film, I mean, normally they, normally you use more of the showing technique than the telling, but I do think that it did work in this case because the, Um, just listening to Delphine's story was so sad and showing us, you know, what her circumstances were like because of a scar. And I know I thought like in the previous episode when her, you know, to be husband saw um, what she looked like, I thought it was pregnancy that she Mm. was actually pregnant right now. Um, Either that, or I assumed that he somehow realized she had been pregnant. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how you would realize someone is pregnant, but that's kind of, I thought it was along those lines somehow. Um, Not that there was someone's, you know, an initial carved into her, which is obviously. No, that makes way more sense of initials. Cause at first I was a little unclear of like, uh, you know, his branding, his mark, but it makes sense of initials. Cause then that would be more like you feel it's damaged goods. Uh, But the thing that, it's weird because I thought the nuns did a a thorough exam and I'm like thinking to myself well what could be wrong with her that the nun would be like it's fine there's no real problem here but that this person this man would be like oh no I don't want it at all take it back um but all right fine they want their pure virgin wives I'm I'm wondering I mean because here's the thing my guess is that the reason why the husband, the reason why he said, oh no, um, Pierre Garsquet is his yeah. name. Um, the reason why he would say, oh, I don't want her anymore. He's probably assuming that this meant that someone did sleep with her. That's my yeah. guess. And that he's not going to believe her if she says otherwise. Yeah. I'm sure she tried to say otherwise, but um, yeah. I mean, we know she's honest. I believe her story. Um, but my thing is, I. Um, my guess with the nun with, with mm-hmm. the mother is that she didn't catch it because I don't know that she was actually looking at their their body their naked body it was more mm. like a check you know right under the dress so maybe that's true maybe that's maybe. how she missed it on her stomach yeah 
Uh, I thought it was actually kind of cool, like, ooh, reveal of her character when she's talking with Mathilde later, um, which I'm like, I think that might be later, later. Um, but, oh, um, when we learned that she murdered her assaulter. So I was like, okay, got some secrets, got some skeletons in that closet. And that that's the reason she had to leave town. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the first things. So obviously, no yeah. one, I guess, found out about the first thing, or yeah. it wasn't enough to drive her from the town, but the murder was. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was a bit more interesting for her character. Um, which I also do love that Delphine then goes to work at the inn, which I thought was great. Um, like, that's a perfect way for her to go in terms of to earn a living and Matilda needs somebody that you're like, wow, this relationship works great. Did you notice, and I had to pause it, and then I Googled it, what um, Bernadette was carving, and it was Pro Pele Cut, and I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but that is a pelt for a skin, and it's the Hudson Bay Company motto. Ah, I did not notice that. I paused it to see what the word was, but I did not look it up, so that is very interesting. Yeah, I was like, ooh, and how does this kid know that? And the fact that she's carving it. So I was like, oh, okay. And um, carving it right in front of the mother. Mm-hmm. Who then was like holding her cross. Kind of interesting, too. Yeah. Um, we also get the arrival of the Defer. And uh, I wrote his name is Selzer, the kind of his right-hand man with Bucard when they show up, which was kind of interesting. I feel this might spell trouble and for a lot of people. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. Um, I feel like, especially when we start talking about the next episode, a lot of this mm-hmm. is starting to um, tie into, you know, the A uh, element plot line, which mm-hmm. is this whole idea with Mr. Cross and mm-hmm. everything going on with Bouchard and the Iroquois. Yeah, I, I do think it's going to spell trouble. Well, Cook does get released, and they suggest doing the parlay with the Iroquois, Iroquois, and I feel that that's, even then, I'm like, I don't feel this is a good plan, and we learn later it's not a good plan. Um, they, I do like that they call out, like, hey, doing the display of the bodies was a bad idea. Um, back, continuing with Cook, his beard chat with Duque was so weird. I was like, okay. It was so awkward. Oh my God. I was like, are they really having this conversation about, you know, Duque growing out his beard? Oh, is that the most you can do? These whiskers. uh, They're like, you know, in his own words, talking about how it's his his most distinguished feature and you need a beard. And like, then he was mentioning his wife and I was like, whoa, dude, like (laughs) TMI. Yeah, that was super weird. Such an odd conversation. But in a weird way, I don't like Duque much, but I kind of like in a bad way that for him, Cook is essentially a mentor telling him to straighten up, telling him he gets him better clothes and, you know, like it, it betters his character, Duque, but it's still like, I don't know if I like your mentor, but I like that you're improving. I'm not sure how I feel about Cook or Duque, but like you said, Carrie, when it comes to them together, it's kind of sentimental because Duque Mm -hmm. to me, Duque to me is almost like an abandoned, traumatized puppy. And so- Yes, I was just thinking, I'm like, he's like a lost dog. Yeah. And so even when I see Duque do bad things, I still feel really bad for him because- he feels like it's because of the trauma and that's why. Yeah. And, and now he's got a mentor and, you know, Cook is looking out for him and um, yeah. Cook really, yeah. And, and Duque can also hold his own too. Yeah. I really, yeah, I liked that. Uh, Hamish and Yvonne, uh, I think it's interesting laying the groundwork that something's wrong with the company. Hamish is really suspicious of what the company wants them all to do, but Yvonne's more like, it's just work. Uh, and the idea that they want to, the company wants to arm the Iroquois is a really interesting plot thing. That I don't know if I was picking up on that before. Were you a little surprised that that's what the Hudson Bay Company wanted? No, because they were talking. No, I wasn't personally surprised because mm-hmm. a couple episodes when um, when Gomes went to visit uh, mm-hmm. in Quebec, he mm-hmm. he really got that sense from the manager. So I knew that that's what they were trying to allude to. 
um, yeah. and that specifically Cross might be involved. Who do you think killed um, La Thomas Lafarge, the little boy? Because he wasn't killed by Duque. Yeah, as far as we know, Duque let him go. Yeah. So I'm guessing, and not to get this is like a prediction, but yeah, I'm guessing um, that when we meet, um, he goes by Gay Bill. Um, when we meet him, yes. I am almost wondering if Gay Bill and the instructed the Iroquois to do it. Mm, maybe I, I almost think thought. that might be yeah. Uh, then they have oh, we get the reveal that Cross is at the inn when Defer, the Defer and Cook are all there, and Bernadette stare does a nice stare off with Gasket, which was interesting. Which leads us into number six, episode six, The Wobble. So speaking of Hamish, Cross, and Yvonne, so I thought it was also interesting of the secret order of this place. And well, okay, well, that's wonderful, Mysterious. What are you thinking that is all about? I'm still trying to figure that out because they have given us not enough details yet to really process mm -hmm. it. Um, but my guess is that where all of this is headed is in the direction of, um, you know, the um, arming the Iroquois mm -hmm. to fight against the French and that that is really what the um, Hudson Bay Company is up to at this moment. And that's kind of what the secret society ties into. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that might be it too. Because there he points out you don't know, you know, they talk about like you don't know what the company wants and everything. So mm -hmm. I thought that was really like, Hmm, okay. yeah that's my guess um, is where yeah also how they're being asked to leave which was kind of interesting how Matilde's like mm, the fur wants you guys gone and Rundet what do you think that was about her putting the rabbit in his lap so I think that was her reminder of she knows what he's involved with mm. and that she's holding him responsible and mm. rabbits seem to be a theme in this um show yeah, if the way that they this is not the first time they've mentioned rabbits. And I think that that is just their way of kind of calling back to that, um, calling back to a scene I believe we had um, actually with Melisande um, and Delphine back before they were, you know, back before uh, Melisande was mm -hmm. set up with Trepanier. So I have a feeling it's a call back to that. And um, I think it's really just the little girl's way of saying you know, hey, I know, I know your involvement. You know that I know you're involved, mm. and but she can't do much about it other than just show him that she's still alive. Yeah. Um, also, another one that I I don't think so, but I kind of wonder. Do you think Renadette is going to be jealous of Delphine getting attention at the inn? I think Matilde's relationship with Delphine is different enough, but I had a moment that I'm like, oh, please don't let this be a plot line. Wait, that um. That, that Renadette would be jealous of Delphine and how Matilde is taking her in and giving her attention now. I don't think so. That's okay. not the sense I got. The sense that I got was that uh, I feel like uh, Matilde is a lot harsher with Delphine mm. because maybe because Delphine is older. Um, mm -hmm. But I get the sense that it's going to uh, Matilde being so harsh on Delphine is going to drive Delphine away. Um, mm. I also got the sense that when Cook was in the inn, that mm -hmm. Cook definitely, like when he heard Delphine's voice, he was reminded of his um, deceased wife. And I oh, almost yeah. nope. got the sense that Duque was going to eventually have some kind of like relationship with Delphine, just the way that okay. they were looking at each other. Yeah. I was definitely getting the inklings that maybe Cook was that Cook was very much that Delphine reminds him of his wife. Uh, I was wondering then, I mean, this is getting into prediction-y stuff, but I'm wondering if Cook will take Delphine on as a wife. I think I, I if Delphine gets any say, I think Duque is below her status that she shouldn't marry him because he's definitely not like yeah. she, she's socially higher than that. Um, but I don't know if Cook, I mean, Cook financially would probably be a good match, but I don't know as a human being. <laughs> I'm just like, maybe not. Um, so we'll see. So we other, we other, the other crazy thing that's going on here is one, we have the search party of Trepanier and Bichard, Bichard and 
Oh man. When the priest said, <laughs> which, Hey, I'm all for having your faith. Yes. But I'm going to go jump in the ocean, not know how to swim. And God's going to save me. I'm like, no, no, don't no, This is bad. God's oh. I knew yeah. they were all dead. I knew it. I was like, you know, thank, yep. thank God, thank goodness that Trepigny and Bouchard had the rifles ready. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, like no disrespect to someone who is religious, yep. but in certain moments, you do not just rely on a Bible to help you through something yeah. when we know that this was not going to end peacefully. No, I mean, unless you're going to use it as a literal shield and be like, oof, you know, that, that might, that <laughs> might help. But not when they come at you from behind. (laughs) No, I, that, yeah, definitely saw that coming. I'm like, this is an awful, horrible plan. Um, I even wrote like, oh shit, during, when that fight really went down. I I did appreciate though of how brutal it was. Because I mean, today even fighting is brutal, but I even, even more so then of the kind of guns they had, the kind of fighting style that was going on. And then even when the one priest fall, fell on top of the other one with the rocks, I was just like, oh, like, that's almost comedic. And it was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Oof, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a rough fight. I'm glad that Renee is okay. And I was worried about him. He's had a lot of bad wounds. And um, I was like, I whoa. Was, I felt really bad for the guy that they shot with the arrow um who was the friend yeah I was Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and um yeah I felt bad for him I felt bad for actually Trepigny because Mm -hmm. as much as with that head wound I was worried yeah me too and then when they the way that it always freaks me out when a character the two things when a character like lands on their head and suddenly when the camera is back on them we're looking well not on them but when we're looking through their perspective Mm-hmm. And we see, we can't really hear, things are rocking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, what happened? Was this, is this like a permanent brain damage? That, and yep. when like, not in this show, but like when we hear loud, you know, noises or blasts or bombs oh, go yeah. off and they do the thing where the character can't hear. I'm like, nah, yeah. like, no, don't scare me like that. <laughs> I was, yeah, we got Hubby Joe in the chat said, yeah, the skinny one fell on the fat one. Yes, that was... <laughs> It's true. And uh, it was almost kind of comedic in a bad way of like, mm, awkward. And it, and it was the father who survived that horrific event in the beginning of the show. Yeah. And it's just so crazy. Like, and how, oh, and he got shot by friendly fire. I thought yeah. that was even worse. I was in like, no. Yeah. I mean, at least it was quick. Um, but yeah, that fight was crazy. Um, I like, okay. So, um, I'm sorry if I say his name wrong, but I think his name was Hawasta because he, oh, no, no, no. Hawasta was the person they go to later. Sorry. Um, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Just kidding. I think Hawasta is the name of the friend. And if I said it wrong, I'm sorry. So that's the, the one who got tribe. shot with Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then when, so that other character that we meet and I didn't write it out spelling, but I think it's like rent, rent. Rantanerto, how what is his name? Um, the one who was part of the Iroquois, which was weird on Hulu. I was watching on Hulu. Um, oh, Hubby Joe says that was the line in the show. This is true. The fat, the skinny one fell in the fat one. Um, <laughs> I thought it was weird on the show, and I was a little bit confused because I they're calling them Iroquois, but um, on Hulu subtitles it says they're speaking Mohawk. So I'm like, because, but then are they? Is Mohawk because, Iroquois? Yes. So there's okay. so there's two different types of Iroquois. There is okay. Iroquois, which encompasses uh, many different tribes, including the Cherokee, okay. among others. There is then the Iroquois Confederacy, which is something else. But mm. in terms of the, when you say Iroquois, there are multiple tribes that fall under okay. the Iroquois. So yeah, that's why. Cool. Thank you. The more you know. <laughs> because I thought that was really interesting because I'm like, oh, these, this group definitely looks very different than the other ones that we've been following. Like they have the Mohawk shaved. So I thought they're interesting. So I think it was like Rat Tantheritos, that character, um, who I think he is a very formidable kind of villain person. And yes, he's working with the character Gay Bill, which is also an interesting name. But also at the time, Gay meant more just jolly and happy. So, okay. Um, I'm curious on this guy. He also seems like a sleazeball that I'm like, mm, I don't trust you. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's smart though. The what? 
he didn't seem so happy to me. Right? No. <laughs> Bouchard and Trepanier and Cell, I'm glad that they retreat and they're like, no, don't like, don't even try to get what's going on. Uh, so then, so, and again, I say, sorry if we say this name wrong, but I'm glad we still have the Hata Toyanik. Sorry if I say his name wrong, but that's the Native American that they've been working with a bit before and how he takes his friend's body. And, and I like that the French are like, we'll come back and get them later with their yeah. bodies. So that was a interesting thing with that. Uh, also another thing with this trio, what did you think of Trepanier and Cell essentially having their faith chat, which I thought was really kind of cool. And like, what, what did you see before death and how the pre one, what did you see before death, the conversation in general, and then also how Cell thinks it's so sad, but Trepanier says, well, these priests came to New France looking for death, which I was like, that's a little harsh, but okay. So what'd you think of all that? The first thing, the first way I want to answer that question is by bringing up Bouchard and talking mm-hmm. about what he saw, which was yeah. Matilde. So, yeah, and I and thought food. I was, yeah, and I'm like, oh my God, because, you know, like you mentioned, like that, that, what he, what Bouchard said came mm-hmm. right after a very mm-hmm. serious conversation with Renee mm-hmm. saying he saw his brother and yep. his brother was calling to him and Trevigny said, well, you didn't actually accept his calling and that's mm-hmm. why. And I really, I personally love um, when we see more of the spiritual aspect, um, you know, like, because it's, it doesn't feel so judgmental to hear mm-hmm. people having this kind of conversation when um, it spirituality can be whatever someone makes it for, you know, their mm-hmm. subjective, like whatever, you know, however they personally feel. And um, yeah, so I really, I really love that we've seen Renee's brother so much as a character, even though he's never been in the show and obviously he has passed on. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we get the sense of this brother being someone who still kind of sits with him. Um, and this idea that, yeah, like he was, Renee was so close to death that someone on the other side was calling out to him. So, and we know like the show in general, there's a bit of a paranormal spiritual aspect to it. So I, yeah. I appreciated the conversation between the two of them and then the, the humor at the end. Yeah. I was kind of like, okay, change, change of note. Um, actually another one, speaking of death, we have Hamish and Cook with Yvonne of talking about the company even more and how the captain said the orders are for them to, oh, sorry, Hamish Cook, one, they need a foreign partnership. But then um, we find out that there's a barrel of pistols too that are supposed to be supplied, which we're like, okay, then we've traded that, but we don't really know where that is. But Cross supposedly does, but there we go. So Cross, when he goes to get the body from the water, so now we get tied into what we learned in the very first episode so his company ordered him to kill a, a settler, one, and but the girl sees him. And then that's when Hamish points out, but yeah, it was your plan to kill them all. So I'm a little like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because it seems like the company says, all right, just kill the one guy. Did they assume the rest of the family is just going to vacate if the head of the household is dead then? It sounds like a botched plan where, okay. yeah, that's that's my idea. And also what I want to know is um, throughout this whole episode, we get uh, Cross. I mean, we yeah. really saw him the, like episode six for the first time outside of that little cameo we got at the end of five. Um, but mm-hmm. in six, we really start to learn that he pretty much feels like he's dead um, and that he doesn't want to live anymore. He wants yep. Gomes to tell his wife that he's dead. So... I, I feel like the job was botched and I feel like it goes mm-hmm. back to what did the settlers see that night that really has changed them forever. And I feel mm. like there's something else that we haven't seen yet. That is a little paranormal um, based on the interview that we had um, with the executive producer. I feel like we're going to find out something that's a bit on the fantastical side. I think that's a really good point because yeah, it's, I feel a lot more went on and then cook somehow got involved of getting their quad involved and killing other people. So I feel a lot of this got interwoven and things did not go as planned. Um, Were there any other moments that stood out to you? I mean, we have the other kind of thing that goes on is how uh, Gabriel confronts uh, cook 
too at his wife's gravesite, which how he goes to his wife's gravesite is super weird of picking up the dirt and talking into it. Um, yeah. I was like, okay. Uh, also, how then Gabriel points out for the company that they are, quite, are merely tools that are part of this plan. Uh, is there anything else that stood out to you from these episodes? Well, we the, o- the only other thing I just want to briefly mention, and we've talked around it a lot, is the scene that we get between Delphine and Melisande uh, where they're opening up to each other. Yes. And we mm-hmm. really get like, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the woodcutter's yes, mark. there we go. Uh, but I just really want to just mention that that particular scene, even though I don't exactly like Melisandre, the fact mm-hmm. that she obviously trusts Delphine so much and cares for her that she told her something that she is not, mm-hmm. she was, she didn't want to tell anyone, even the mother, obviously she had to tell the mother, but outside mm-hmm. of the mother knowing, uh, Melisandre would not tell anyone this. So I feel yeah. like she actually, this is like her one confidant. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, the yeah, they're sharing their secrets, so yeah. it's it was it was actually very kind of Melisande to offer that secret because Delphine has her secret, and she's like, "Well, let me tell you something," you know. So essentially, like, hey, solidarity if we both have a secret, and she says, "Okay, now that everything's out in the open, let's start our new lives," kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, there are probably other things that were really cool and stood out. If there's more things that we didn't quite get to, leave comments down below on what you thought of that. So let's get into our special segment before, and then we'll do our predictions after. So our special segment, let's talk about history. Take it away. Awesome. I'm really excited. I'm going to just dive in for the sake of time. Um, mm-hmm. The first thing I want to mention, since it did come up in conversation, um, the Iroquois, there were, uh, there were a ton of tribes that were part of the Iroquois. Some of them include the Cayuga, Cherokee, Huron, Mohawk, Oneida, Onondaga, Seneca, and Tuscarora. Uh, There were others, but those are like the major ones that come up when you search. Um, There's also, like I mentioned, the Iroquois Confederacy, uh, which is a separate thing, um, which existed between 1450 and 1660. Um, So, but a little bit separate. Um, In reality, the Iroquois did eventually side with the British um, during the French Mm. and Indian War, but for a long time, they were actually neutral. And then I did want to talk a little bit about the French and Indian War. Um, That is what, um, that came a little bit later than what we're seeing, but it was from 1756 to 1763. Um, French and Indian War is how the colonies referred to it, but it was actually known as the Seven Years War, even though, so what happened here in North America was seven years, but it was part of a greater conflict, which was globally known as the Second Hundred Years War, which was actually nine years. And it was um, before we even get a war like World War One. Um, the seven, well, I'll call it, I'll call it the Second Hundred Years War, um, since that's what they referred to it as globally. Um, even before we get to a war like World War One, the this particular French and Indian War. Um, was very global and did there was fighting around the world so it was yeah so it was kind of like the first major you know global war that encompassed um, every aspect every nation well a lot of nations not every single one yeah very interesting thank you very much uh, yeah, I like that the show is giving us a little bit on the different Native American groups. They're not going very in-depth, but we're seeing a little bit, and I hope we do see more of them. Because uh, at this point, I'd say we've seen two groups. The one, the Windette tribe that live near uh, Trepanier's property area, like how they live. Oh, that, that was something interesting, too. I like that Trepanier has a relationship with them in terms of, like, you protect me from the rest of the other natives groups and I'll protect you from the village, which I was like, all right. It seems. And then they, they trade with each other. So it seems to be a respectful group together. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that they're setting it up now that we see what Trepanier is involved with Mm -hmm. and we're really going to dive deeper next, the next two episodes that we have left in the season. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right, let's get into some predictions because our predictions are for the final two episodes. And now, your After Buzz TV. Cool. Uh, what do you think is going to go down? We have two episodes left, just two, for the next one and the finale. 
I have a feeling that Melisande is going to try to get Delphine to come and be the new housekeeper uh, at the Domo. Hmm. That's my first prediction. Um, I also have a feeling that, um, I mean, I think that Duque will, um, I think that he's, I don't think he's going to die, but I just get the sense that he's going to eventually kill Cook and he's going to, Mm. like right now, he's going to be on his side Mm -hmm. and and like make it sound like, oh, I'm super loyal to you and that Cook is kind of going to fall for it. I think he already has and that Duque will be the Mm. one to kill him and take his place and be like the next, you know, like not that he's, you know, obviously Duque is not British, but I feel like he is going to, take over the place of uh, what Cook is for the community of Wobick. Yeah, I'm I'm really almost concerned for Cook. Not necessarily because, I mean, he's still an awful person, but I don't know why he would want to stay there. I mean, yes, you have a successful business, but he doesn't seem to be involved with the community at all. Nobody seems to really like him. That I, He has no friends that, you know, if he died, UK killed him. I don't think anybody's really going to care. Um I don't know. I think Delphine might continue to stay with Mathilde, but I do think maybe bum pens a little bit, but I think it's good for her because Mathilde says, you know, if you have ideas, you need to say them. And she even includes her and Rendette of like, what are your ideas of how let's expand this place. Let's make it bigger. Let's have a room for women, which I was like, Oh, that's so cool. And progressive of them of like, let's make this even cooler establishment. Uh, I'm wondering if Rendette is going to finally be able to communicate what went down and point the finger and be able to express what happened. Uh, I, I hope Yvonne and Hamish can get the rest of the information out of Cross because it's been very like abstract words from him at this point, or it'd be really cool if Hamish and Yvonne can see what he saw you know, I wonder if we'll get a little bit more of that supernatural because, like, we saw it early on, but definitely haven't seen en- enough. Uh, it'd be cool that, you know, even if we don't see something that they do. Yeah. Uh, Trepanier, Mathilde, I, I, but I do like the idea that Delphine could go live with Mathilde of, like, all right, well, I mean, um, that Mel- Melisande could bring Delphine back to the Doma of, like, hey, do you want to, we both could live there. That's an interesting option. Uh, though I do kind of think that Cook might propose to her, maybe. But he's still hung up on his old, his wife, so I'm like, mm, who's passed away? So maybe, maybe not. And then I kind of hope that Trepany and Melison can work something out because it doesn't seem like they're quite on the same footing anymore. But we yeah. shall see how it ends. I'm curious because there's only two more episodes to wrap this all up. So I'm like, eh! <laughs> I feel a lot could really go unexpected too because we've had that as well like yeah sure it's totally gonna go this way um oh I do hope Marie and Sal run off together they need to run off together and live a happy life yeah I agree or at least yeah. have a place where we can still see them on the show but not yeah. with everyone else <laughs> exactly awesome well thank you so much for watching and joining us if you're watching later please comment down below your thoughts on the episode don't forget it give it a thumbs up and also stay tuned after this because we have some cool press footage from the junket for bark skins and join us when we next time when we cover the next two episodes so make sure to hit that subscribe button so you know when those come out and rachel while people are waiting for the next episodes and they want to keep the conversation going with you where can they find you online you can find me um on twitter at reach goodman or on my author instagram account at rachel radner author Awesome. And then you all can find me online at Carrie D. Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. Again, thank you so much for watching and we'll see you next time. I do like, I was interviewed by them a couple times in LA. Oh, cool. God, I've already eaten a bloody old bar of chocolate. Elena, if you'd like to turn, yep, your video and audio on. Oh, there she is. Elena, I'd like you to meet James, Christian, and Dio. You have eight minutes for your interview. 
Hi guys, Elena Jordan here with After Buzz TV. So excited to be joined by James Bloor, Christian Cook, and Dio Horn from the new series Barkskins. Now, I wanted to ask you guys, since you're kind of the, the big three in the novel and the, the Annie Prue novel, how do you feel that the Elwood Reed series compares to the novel? And how do you feel that your characters differ from, from that that some of the fans may have read already? James? Well, one, one, one big way actually for Duque is that in the novel, it's not specified that he um, was deported to um, New France. And actually, in reality, very few people were deported to New France. It, it, the, the French had a real problem getting people to New France. They, I think in, they, they had targets that they were trying to meet. I think, I think in sort of the, the mid-1660s, they were hoping to have 30,000 French um, in New France, and they had actually 2,500 by the mid 1660s. And but but there there was a there was there were little moments where the the poor relief institutions in Paris, um, the Hotel Dieu and the the Hôpital Général, were given royal edicts to deport um, vagabonds and vagrants and people that were up to no good um, at various points. And they, they also had edicts to send I think I think to to banish women from Paris, but also to um, to uh, send men to the galleys, so to work to work in the ships, basically as or or power, and they would just like die, perish in the in the galleys. Um, so there were little windows. So and and Elwood changed it. So so Duque didn't. I think in in the in the in the novel, I think Duque basically uh, elects to go to New France himself. Um, or it's kind of unspecified, but 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 in the series he's deported, so that 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 gives quite a different emphasis. Um, and that, that's why he's so pissed and so reluctant. I think at, at, at the start of the series, before he sees that there is um, opportunity. I wonder if the I want just to sort of just I don't know why I'm thinking out loud now, but I wonder if the Brits got you know when they started sending convicts to uh, to Australia a couple of centuries later or a century later or whatever i wonder if they got the idea from the french or were they doing that in i don't know i think they, they did that with every i think everybody did had those penal colonies somewhere my yeah. character i know is like in her 50s in the book yeah <laughs> and on the show on the show i'm like in my mid-20s um and she's also Mi'kmaq, which is was actually not the people who were in that region so they changed the character um, to Wendat, who were the people around there, as long, uh, along with the Iroquois. Um, and um, they also made her um, mixed race um, when they cast me. So I think there's, a lot, there's a, quite a few differences from my character on the show and the, and the novel. Now, I know, too, that you are a big advocate for, for casting, especially for actual uh, Native American casting for those roles, uh, especially since you co-hosted, congratulations to last year, the, the Inspire Awards on uh, yes. CBC. Uh, do you feel that this show will maybe help elevate similar casting and similar stories to open up kind of more stories crossing different genres and different centuries and time periods as well to have more inclusive casting throughout I mean I hope so I I feel like you know for me somebody who knows I know my history and I know that me looking the way that I do a light-skinned indigenous person isn't that crazy being a Mohawk who is from the east coast of Canada because we were, in fact, if if you know the history of North America, like in Bark Skins, you know that we were some of the first people to contact and to mix. And so the further west you go, the darker the people, the indigenous people are. And so, um, but what the only thing that I guess Hollywood um, likes to, or, or, you know, is used to putting out there and is used to, and what viewers are used to seeing is the dark skin long flowing dark hair but we're actually you know all different shades and if you know the history you would understand why and so in you know my short 15 year career I when I first graduated theater school I didn't think I would ever play an indigenous person because of 
because of how I looked and because that's not what the way casting worked, you know, but I look back now on my resume and I have, you know, I've, I'm proud to say that my talent outweighed my looks, you know, in, in some cases. So I, I'm, I'm happy to be on something like Barkskins and to be on a show like Letterkenny and to be able to represent the light-skinned Indigenous people because I am, in fact, Indigenous. Um, so I think that there is changes happening and it's, it's happened in, my, in, in the 15 years, you know, and, um, and we get to play more diverse characters. We're not just the alcoholics or the guys riding on horses anymore, you know, we get to play, um, you know, just people. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be referenced that you're an Indigenous person. It's just, you're just there, you know, so, yeah. I have to say, talking about the the different diverse characters as well, absolutely love you on Letter Kidney. And from what I've oh. seen of this show, completely different. So yeah. big <laughs> testament to your talent as well. <laughs> uh, now, Christian, I wanted to ask you too, because Renee Sell being one of the, the two kind of title barkskins in the show Barkskins. Uh, how do you feel that this character is being told differently through Elwood's perspective versus what uh, some others may know of Renee from reading the novel? Um, well, I think that the, the, the um, I mean, the novel is so vast, it covers 300 years, I think, if, I'm, if I remember. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a really brilliant book, um, but, it, but, it but it covers 300 years. And, and I think I think that the, the the period of time that um, that Rene Sell and that our characters live in exist in the novel is, is something like sixty pages out of the the three hundred or whatever. So so it really is. It's like taking those sixty pages and 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 creating you know uh, eight hours of, of television from 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 using the, that 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 sixty pages as as uh, as, as the source material. But but it, but it, I think. Um, you know that it's obviously based on on a novel, but but Elwood has has made this his own show and created um, characters and allowed uh, allowed himself to go deeper into into each character. Um, so uh, so yeah, it's it's um, I can't actually you know it's so long ago since I read the novel I can't remember if 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 um, I can't really remember much about Rennie in the in the novel. Um, yeah, it's 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 so long ago since I read it. Um, but it, but it, but yeah, I mean certainly Elwood has as sort of as as um has done his own thing and gone in, in, in and gone in lots of different directions with um with it. Is that helpful? <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. And we are so excited to see this series too. Thank you all so much for joining us and talking with us today. Congratulations Thank you. on this series Thank you. too. Thank you. Thanks so much. <clears throat> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.